1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. You can reach us at 508-998-8858. We're here to do one basic thing, and that is to show you how to retire better and how to protect the money and the security of your family. So this morning, I would like to start by introducing Brody Houtman. Brody is actually a well-educated student of computers. Um, He's almost finished his program at a local university, and I like to consider that he's an expert on anything to do with cybersecurity and computers and software, and I think he's a very impressive um, young person. Of course, anybody younger than me is a young person. Um, Good morning, Brody. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And Brody, there's something else that distinguishes you, I think, and that is you are a master mason. That is, you are a member of the uh, Masonic Fraternity, also known as the Freemasons. And I think you're probably proud to belong to that organization. Absolutely. I just passed my eighth anniversary. Has it been that long, really? It has. My gosh, one of us is getting really old, (laughs) Brody. I'm not sure who it is. But my opening message to ladies and gentlemen this morning is very simple. Big Brother is watching you. Mm. And that's our story for today. Big Brother is watching you is from George Orwell, who wrote Animal Farm in 1984. Um, You might have seen the movie. You read the book, 1984. I actually just reread the book recently, and it talks about a future where we have the government who decides from the moment of your birth exactly when you plan to um, graduate from school, what your occupation is going to be in life. And it's science fiction on the one hand. On the other hand, when you look at some of the things that are happening today, like cloning animals, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And uh, But... Anyway, George Orwell is an interesting English author. He's no longer living. And he's most famous for this one simple line, Big Brother is watching you. So today we're going to talk about how to protect your computer, um, how to protect your data. Um, Why do you think you get so many unsolicited ads? We're going to be talking about data brokers and a lot of interesting things. So if you have a cell phone... If you have a computer, you really need to stay tuned and pay attention today because every single person out there is impacted. So, Brody, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? We do. And what would you like to start with first? What's important? Um, I think the best place to start is possibly your computer. I mean, everybody has one, and everybody needs what's called antivirus software. And I feel like a lot of people think they understand what antivirus encompasses, mm-hmm. but the reality is a lot of antivirus softwares, uh, they don't hold up all too well. Even their own CEOs, they, they say um, sometimes they can only, de- only detect 40% of threats, and that's inadequate. And we're going to come back to a separate topic in a minute, but I, I also want to mention that I had a client call recently wanted to know if he should spend $700 a year for a um, a program like LifeLock, which is supposed to pay you insurance up to a million dollars if you get your credit cards stolen, your information is taken, somebody charges them properly to your account. Identity theft, right? Identity theft, yeah. basically. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. But let's come back to what happens if you have a computer. So do you have a computer in your car, Brody? Um, of course. Yeah. Of course. I have a 2020 vehicle, and basically every new vehicle has computers in them. So I wonder how many people realize that when you're driving your automobile, there's all kinds of things that can be tracked about you, including your location. That's right. Where you're going. Yep. So what if you're doing something you don't want people to know about? You're going someplace you know, to visit a girlfriend, and you already have a girlfriend. Uh, that's a difficult one to uh, figure out. Let me know when you figure that one out. Okay. <laughs> but that's 
that's not a far-fetched example. No, it isn't. So what if your insurance company and your car insurance says, you know what, you went over 75 miles an hour five times in the past month, and we're going to increase your insurance rates on you. That's that, very interesting, yeah. That technology is there right now. Absolutely. So if you have a new car, or a relatively newer car, um, there's all kinds of things that are run in your car, and all kinds of systems for that matter too, right? Yep. Oh, there's, um, for instance, my car has what's called a safety sense, so it'll detect things in front of me um, right before maybe an impact. Say I drop something, I'm looking for it, and a car stops short up ahead of me. Mm-hmm. It'll stop everything for me, and I think that's one of the few positives that's coming out of this. A lot of it is... It is. It's uh, It can be dangerous, but um, that's very helpful. So you have a Toyota vehicle, right? I do. And I have a Toyota vehicle also, and I have the same thing. And sometimes I forget that it's there, and I'm coming up too fast on somebody in front of me. Yep. And all of a sudden, red lights start flashing on the dashboard, and it starts to brake automatically. Yeah. So it's trying to avoid a collision. I think that's useful. Very nice to have. The other interesting feature in my car is that if I have it on cruise control, let's say I set cruise control at 70 miles an hour, and I'm driving down the road, very comfortable, and then I get too comfortable, and I'm not paying as close attention as I should, and I'm coming up a little bit too fast on a car that's in front of me, the safety sense will automatically slow down my car. It'll match their speed using radar technology. I think it's amazing. So uh, the first couple of times that happens, it's a little disconcerting. Why am I slowing down? And you realize, oh, there's a car in front of me. I'm slowing down. Right. So your cruise control is no longer taking you along at 70 miles an hour. It's now slowing you down so you don't smack into somebody. Right. And I I think about that often, and I wonder if I would ever become too reliant on something like that. Um, Well, sure, you could. So even self-driving cars in the future, we see the possibility of people just wanting to take naps on their trip to work, and I think that's dangerous. I think you should always be alert behind the wheel. There's always been some good, already been some good examples of that happening where somebody has crashed and the guy was sound asleep, or people are taking videos of a car going by them where the driver is clearly sound asleep taking a nap. It's very dangerous, but... Some people like to live that way. Well, you know what? 10 years from now, 20 years from now, that's going to be standard, isn't it? It is, yeah. So we have computers in our cars. Um, How about your cell phone? Your cell phone has got more power, computing power, in your cell phone today than you had in most computers 20 years ago. That's true. What's scary is your cell phone knows more about you than possibly everything you have in your home. Wow. Explain that to me. Okay, so (laughs) your cell phone maybe logs your credit card, your purchases, your location. So it's always got its GPS on, even if you turn it off. Um, A lot of things don't like to be turned off, and they're still running behind the scenes. Okay, so do you ever have a situation when you're in a room, and your cell phone is sitting on the table, and it's on, but it's not on making a call or anything, and then all of a sudden Google says, I didn't quite hear that. <laughs> or I didn't quite get that. Yeah. Um, that and Alexa, I feel... Isn't that scary? It is pretty scary. They're always listening. And always even though listening. they say, those companies say that, you know, we didn't design them to listen, uh, I don't think they're being completely truthful. I, I think you're probably right. So let's, let's start with a cell phone. Okay. So if you have a cell phone, uh, there are a number of ways you can protect your identity in case your car, your, your cell phone gets stolen or yep. lost. Yep. You could have um, uh, a fingerprint or a thumbprint yes. on your phone. Your phone cannot be turned on unless you put your own fingerprint on it. Yep. That's, a, that's an important thing to do, I would think. I would think. It is. Um, also, there's facial recognition, so all you have to do is look at your phone. And some people think that is um, not exactly up to par technology-wise, mm-hmm. but it's still a feature that, I mean, it's in play today. Uh, there are a lot of different security features on your phone that keep people out and let you in. But Or you could have a simple passcode. For example, when I charge my phone at night and plug it into the charger, um, sometimes I'll shut the phone completely down. Yes. And that's probably a good idea, too. Yep. And then when you wake up in the morning, you turn the phone back on, you have to put a passcode in to activate the phone again. That's right. 
So some people will use a four-digit passcode. I use a six-digit passcode. I think my 13-year-old sister uses something like a 14-digit passcode. Wow. She really doesn't want anybody in. Wow. <laughs> um, that's scary on multi-levels. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a new day. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt once said, with a new day comes new strength and new thoughts. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about cybersecurity. So how do you protect your cell phone? First of all, don't lose it. Right. Um, secondly, is there a way to back up your cell phone? Of course. Uh, there's multiple ways nowadays. Uh, the one that comes to mind, the well, the first one that comes to mind is cloud backup. Um, so every picture you take, every text you send gets saved to a cloud somewhere. Uh, maybe you pay a subscription. Maybe it's complementary with your package wherever you're uh, getting your cellular services. So how would somebody know if they automatically have cloud backup? Um, I would say when you take a picture, sometimes there's a notification that asks you, would you like to send this to the cloud as a backup? And you hit yes, or maybe most people ignore it. But I would say for the most part, most people don't have automatic backup. They have to do it themselves. Okay. But you would recommend that? Absolutely. Okay. So I have an Apple iPhone, and I know I have backup. Yes. And it also synchronizes over to an iPad that I have. Yep. So if I take a picture in one place, it goes to the other place as well. But it's also in the cloud. Sometimes it's a blessing. Other times it's an annoyance because they say, on this date, three years ago, this yeah. is what you did. Yeah. Holy cow, they know a lot about you, don't they? They do, and it's a little unsettling. Yep. Um, well, we had an employee a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, and I did not want to know all the details, but she dropped her cell phone in the toilet. Oh, no. <laughs> and it uh, it totally destroyed the phone, so she had to get a new phone. Oh, no. And so she ordered the new phone, but then she had to have the data transferred from the old phone, which yep. is no longer functioning, over to the new phone, her contacts and appointments and things. Yeah. And that's the benefit of having the backup, isn't it? Absolutely. You need to have some kind of way to back your data up and retrieve it in case your phone gets lost or destroyed or stolen. Well, you know, today um, we have to be very concerned about security. We've talked a little bit about having passwords on your cell phone your cell phone is a listening device, it's a camera, it's it's a recording device. Not too many people use the old flip phones anymore, and they don't have a lot of features. Everybody wants the latest and greatest in technology when you get a new phone. That's right. And they make it very easy for you to buy one. So um, let's talk about computers for a minute. Let's okay. talk about laptops. Let's say you have a laptop, or your child who's going to school has a laptop because... Maybe they're doing some schooling remotely. Uh, what should we know about security on the laptop? So that's actually one of the few points I wanted to touch on today. With the world the way it is and during this pandemic, there are a lot of people working remotely. There are a lot of uh, students going to school remotely. And with that remote access, there is a liability to be hacked or that information to be stolen as it travels between locations. Um, people don't have the same securities they have at home as, you know, maybe a university might mm -hmm. or maybe an office might. So, and a lot of uh, people don't understand that that's, it's crucial to have something what's called a virtual private network, which is... Okay, what's a VPN or a virtual private network? A virtual what private do? network... I guess I would explain it as a tunnel that wraps around your data and it makes it so that nobody else can get into your information as it travels to its destinations. So it's a tunnel that makes it, it's a security tunnel and mm. it completely encompasses what you're doing. Nobody can see what you're doing besides so you. Do you have that on your laptop? I do. So you'll have to talk to me about that because I'm not sure I have that on my laptop. Absolutely. And Or can you do it on an iPad? An Apple iPad? You can do it on anything with a, a connection. All right, so here's a privacy question. You've got a 13-year-old daughter or son. Yep. You've got a 13-year-old sister. Yes. Okay. So 
Should parents have a right to know what their child is looking at on a computer? This is a privacy question. Um, I guess it really depends on the parents themselves, but I think in this day and age, there's so much out there that's dangerous, and there's so many people out there that are looking to harm um, vulnerable people, like maybe my little sister or Mm -hmm. a 13-year-old child. Um, I think it is worth knowing for the parents what they're into. Well, it's also well documented that there have been many cases where you have a child pedophile who's trying to prey on somebody, and they pose as a young person, a friend, and what they're really doing is they're pretending somebody that they're not. Right. And then the child gets, you know, sucked into doing that, and they end up getting into trouble. They go to meet this young friend. They might even have a picture of a young girl that wants to be a friend with your 13-year-old sister. Yeah. And she goes to meet them and discovers that it's it's a man instead. It's a scary world. And um, the number one thing I could say is for parents to be aware of what's going on and just be close to their children. I think a lot of that gets lost in today's day. Everyone's working so hard. and So here's an idea. If you get a 13-year-old child, a 13-year-old sister... Is she paying for her own computer system or apps? Or if the parent is paying for it, then I would say the parent should have a right to know what they're looking at. You Absolutely. Wouldn't, you wouldn't want them looking at inappropriate sites, pornographic sites, things of that nature. Right. And um, a lot of the time there's parental controls up to a certain age for whatever services. You know, my little sister likes to play Nintendo games. And on her Nintendo, there are there are security features that don't allow people to talk to each other, or it, it keeps them safe. And we're going to talk about data breaches in a few minutes, but I believe Nintendo is a company that recently had a data breach. That's true, yeah. So think about the fact that maybe your child is playing Nintendo games, and they're putting in personal information, and then somebody has hacked into Nintendo right. and been able to... Uh, download a lot of information. Well, um, let's let's talk again about your computer. Okay. So, so you're going to have passwords in your computer. Yep. Then there's something separate you could do on a virtual private network. Now, if somebody wanted to know more about what is a virtual private network, I assume you could produce an article. Absolutely. Show them how to do that, how to set up a virtual private network. Right. So... Um There are a few different types of virtual private networks, but I would say um, there are three main domains for choosing the right one. And usually the best one is one that costs money, unfortunately. Um, They usually allow for the most speed and the best security. So we aren't sponsored by NordVPN, but I use them. And I think they're a great company. N-O-R it's called? N-O-R-D-V-P-N, NordVPN. N-O-R-D. Yep. which is uh, Scandinavian for North. Right. N-O-R-D, VPN. So teach me about that afterwards. I definitely want to put that in my computer. Absolutely. We are privileged this morning to be talking with Brody Heltman, who happens to be an employee of USA Wealth Group and Arbor Insurance. And you can reach him at 508-998-8858. And he'll be happy to give you a 60-second answer to your computer question. <laughs> It's complicated, isn't it, Brody? It is. But this is your specialty. This is what you're um, majoring in. You know, you have to take some action to protect yourself, no matter what you're doing. If you want to protect your kids, if you want to protect your own personal data, and who, who wouldn't want to protect their own data? Walt Disney once said, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. You I like to that. Take, you have to take some action. Uh, he was an interesting guy. He went through really tough times financially. And he stuck with it, and he stuck with it, and he ended up uh, doing very well, obviously. Mm -hmm. I also like Winston Churchill from some of my quotations. He once said, Winston Churchill, if you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) That's a good one. Short and succinct and to the point. Yeah. So what about antivirus software on a computer? So antivirus software and VPNs aren't necessarily the same. They work in conjunction with one another, but antivirus softwares can be broken down into malware, um, adware, spyware, all of that. And some antivirus softwares offer an umbrella of of, uh, tools to help with these kind of things. So 
they're all a little um, unique in their own way, but the main goal is to keep you and your information safe and keep others out. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend, besides maybe somebody having a VPN, virtual private network on their computer, they should also have antivirus software? 100%. 100%. It's, a, it's a dangerous place out there, and you could be as vigilant as you'd like, and sometimes you go to a website um, that looks normal, and you can get a virus on your computer that takes all your credit card information or anything you have. Mm-hmm. But the important point is you got to do something. You got to get started. That's right. You have to do something to protect yourself because if you don't, you're only going to be taken advantage of. We're going to talk in a few minutes about uh, data breaches. We're going to be talking about ransomware um, and some things that happened even with the city of New Bedford as a municipality. The Chinese philosopher uh, Lao Tzu once said, do the difficult things while they are easy and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. I like that. And that's a well-known quotation. A lot of people have heard that before. But you got to do something. you got to take some action. Right. And it could be as simple as call Brody. That's you right. Notice I'm not saying this morning, Brody, give me a call. <laughs> yeah. Because this is not my area of expertise. I'm happy to help anybody that has questions. Ask me a tax question, be happy to oblige. And I can't help with that. Nope. <laughs> but I think the number one thing is to act before it's too late. Yep, it, it is. And um, what else can we do to protect computers? We talked about antivirus software. Um, we want to do for our computers, we want to have a cloud backup as well. Right. Now, what does it mean to have a cloud backup? What is the cloud? So a cloud backup is very similar to what we talked about earlier with your phones and how maybe pictures you take would be automatically backed up to a cloud. The cloud is, ser- there are servers somewhere in the, maybe in the country, maybe outside of the country, mm-hmm. giant server uh, warehouses that do nothing but keep your data safe. And there have been cases in the past where these areas have been breached, and it's unfortunate, but um, it's uh, reality. Okay, so uh, when you say in the cloud, it's not really up in the cloud. No. It's in a whole bank of computers in a big warehouse. Right, it's in a bunch of servers. And they're probably all encrypted. Encrypted means you need all kinds of special passcodes to get into them. That's right. right. What is encryption, Brody? Encryption is, um, or another word for it is cryptography, is when there is a set of, say, a password. So you have a password. It gets sent through an algorithm or a generator, and it, it jumbles it all up so that if somebody broke into those servers, they wouldn't understand what they were looking at. It would just look like a bunch of letters and numbers. But once it's reverse, uh, once it's put through the algorithm in a reverse way, you could get your password back, and it's all under multiple layers of security. Okay. So if somebody had a computer, let's switch to a discussion about an office, for example. Okay. Let's say you have an office, and the old-fashioned way of doing backup is you'd have a little thing that would look like a a big disc, big fat disc, like the package of a cigarette size or something like that. And you'd pop it into your network or your computer server, and you'd back up all your data every day. Yes. And then you would take that home with you at night, uh, maybe take turns with somebody else in the office. And that's a way to back up your computers, isn't right. it? And I don't think enough people do that. No. So that means if somebody stole your computer, or first of all, they'd have to know your passwords to get into it. Right. But if you had a fire and your, your business burned down, mm-hmm. You now have this little box that has all of your data on it. You can go out and buy a brand new computer and put all the data back in your computer. And you're back operational. And so can you do cloud backup also on your computer? Yep. Um, I usually do monthly backups wherever I go for my own interests and my own computers. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of computers as a computer scientist, so I always have to back everything up. You're not a scientist yet. You're a geek. (laughs) There's a, there's a difference. <laughs> a geek is a scientist wannabe. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm using the word with affection. Brody. Okay, sure. <laughs> so um, just to let folks know who are listening, uh, one of the things that we had Brody assist us do 
at the offices that, and the businesses that, that operate here, both Lancelaw Inc., USA Wealth Group, Arbor, Lance Family Insurance Agency, all the companies have backup, and they've got a dual system of backup, including in the cloud. And what that means is that if something happened, if the business burned down, you could literally go out and buy a brand new computer, plug it in, and you've got your data. But then you've got passwords too. Now, why are passwords important? Passwords are important. I mean, just like uh, you would lock your house up before you left, you need something on the outside to keep you safe. Okay. So how often should you change your passwords? Um, that's a good question. How often would you think I should change my passwords? At least once a month. So Brody is smiling at me and laughing at me because I'm smiling and laughing at him because I've been waiting patiently, ladies and gentlemen. This is the most famous quotation you're going to hear today, although it's anonymous. It says, passwords are like underwear. You shouldn't leave them out where other people can see them. You should change them regularly, and you shouldn't loan them out to strangers. <laughs> I guess we'd say that about passwords, wouldn't we? Absolutely. That's great advice. Yep, but it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> so if you remember nothing else from today's show, ladies and gentlemen, remember that passwords are like underwear. You need to change them often and don't give them out to strangers. That's right. That's how you protect yourself. I thought it was the funniest analogy I've seen in a long time. <laughs> He's been waiting to use that one, I've folks. been waiting to use that one. <laughs> All right, so we talked about computers. We talked about make sure you have some antivirus software. We talked about having a virtual private network for your computer. I mean, you have to protect yourself. I wonder how many people listening today, Brody, would look at their credit card statement when it comes in once a month to see if anybody tried to charge on their credit card account. Um, that's a big one. I don't think enough people are very dil diligent about these kinds of things. Um, sometimes people have their identity stolen, and... There could be criminals that are, you know, leeching from your accounts for years before somebody notices. Mm -hmm. So here's some real simple rules, some real practical advice. Check your credit card statement every single month when it comes in. Look at it. Make sure there's no unauthorized charges. We do have federal laws that will protect you if somebody charged improperly. I've had that happen to my credit cards before. Have you ever had that happen, Brody? I have not had that happen yet, but I'm very um, diligent of what I do with my credit card. I stayed at a hotel in the Caribbean once. It was a well-known brand. Um, I didn't charge anything to my credit card, but they make you put a credit card on deposit when you go there in case you have a charge or you damage your room or something like that. Right. I didn't charge anything. When I get back home, I had a $1,500 charge on that credit card. Oh, my God. And I called the credit card company right away, which is the next thing you need to do. And I had the charge reversed. And I also sent emails and calls to the company and said, you've got somebody working behind your desk who's stealing credit card information. Wow. And it was an employee of the hotel who had done it. So check your credit cards once a month. Um, credit cards have login information. Yep. You know, why don't you, when you get your credit card statement, change your login information. I wonder how many people bother to do that. I doubt many. And I think it's a fact that every minute uh, somebody's identity is stolen in America alone. Mm -hmm. So just be aware. Be aware of your credit cards. Um, credit card skimming. Uh, Brody and I talked about this a little bit ahead of time. I wonder how many people use a credit card when you pump gas at a gas station. I'd say most people. Most people do, yep. Yeah. Especially today, you don't want to handle cash any more than you have to. Right. I wonder how many people, when they fill up their tank, they put the credit card in, they take it out, they fill it up, uh, they close up the gas cap, and they walk away, and they don't bother getting the receipt. No, I don't want that. Yeah. What the, getting the receipt does, if it says, do you want a receipt, always get a receipt. It concludes the sale. It closes the transaction. Right. Another really important thing to think about today. And so the issue with that is uh, you know, credit card skimming. Um, and for those of you that aren't aware of what credit card skimming is, is people go out and build lookalikes for the gas station pump credit card receiver. It looks exactly like what you would insert your card into, but instead it goes directly to them. It, your information goes right to them. And the way to figure that out is you always want to maybe take a little wiggle, just grab onto it and wiggle it, wiggle it a little bit, especially if you're in an area you're not used to. 
um, and usually they'll fall right off. I've seen many videos of police just picking up the entire thing and showing that it's a false front. So it's, it's physically, it sits on top of yep. yes. the normal slot? Yes. Wow. Yep. I, hadn't, I hadn't really heard about that one. Yep. What about if you go to an ATM? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they could have a false front, and they're just taking all of your information. And always get a receipt. Make yes. sure you conclude the transaction. Make sure you close the transaction. If you do a drive-up ATM, it says at the end, do you want a receipt? Yes, always get a receipt. Absolutely. Um, and how often have you, I don't think people could take somebody else's receipt and do anything with it because they're protected. They don't give you all the digits. But Correct. I see a lot of times I'll drive up to an ATM and there's a receipt sticking out of the slot that somebody else didn't take their own receipt. Yeah, even at my bank, there's a there's a waste bin right next to the ATM full of receipts from people. Um, you're not really too uh, liable or you're not going to get your information stolen just from a receipt. So if you t- there's no... There's no, um, nothing bad can happen from you taking a receipt. All right, one last question I want to ask you about um, using a a credit card, for example, Um, and that is uh, public Wi-Fi. Should you use public Wi-Fi? What if you're in an airport? Um, That's a great question. So public Wi-Fi is a very uh, susceptible thing to being hacked. And what I'll say about that is always use a VPN. I was just going to say the same thing. So, but if you had a VPN, you wouldn't have to worry about Absolutely, that. Absolutely. You're 100% protected. So I've seen situations, I've seen stories about people sitting at the airport, and who doesn't sit at the airport and use their cell phone? Right. And you could have somebody who's sitting 50, 100 feet away from you, and they're they're logging into your information and tracking it. Exactly. And a lot of people, what they do is they turn on their phone's hotspot, and so other people can connect to their network and use their speeds, and that way they can steal other people's information very easily. Wow. Yeah. So you need to be careful today. I saw something funny yesterday on my street. Uh, They're doing some repaving. There must be a dozen different trucks involved and big machines that are chewing up the asphalt and that sort of stuff, and they weren't all in operation. Some of them were waiting Without exception, every single driver, every single person as they went by had a cell phone in their hands. Oh, no. They're, they're everywhere. So um, here's another quotation from George Orwell. Um, we started out by saying Big Brother is watching you because he was the original originator of Big Brother. He said, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. So think about governments that rewrite history and so forth. So um, do we need to say anything else about preventative security? Um, I think the number one thing you can do is be aware, folks. I think you should always be aware of your accounts, um, what you're doing, and where you're doing it. Uh, May it be locally or online. Um, Just be aware. Okay. And um, what about data breaches? I've heard a lot about data breaches. And in March of this year, um, Marriott Corporation had a major data breach. Oh, absolutely. I think it was something like 5.2 million accounts exposed. And I've stayed a lot of Marriott's over the years. Right. And the interesting thing about when companies have a big data breach, they don't always announce it right away. No. They, They wait, you know, two months, three months, six months, and then they announce it. Uh, you had Experian um, Credit Reporting Bureau had major data breach a couple of years ago. Um, this is serious. Um, this past week, I got an email from um, what was it? Uh, w uh, what's the name of the radio show? Television show? WBSN? Uh, no, it's not WBSN. It's um, W W W the television station in Boston, the public. Ch- Public television channel. I'll come up with it in a second. I got a copy here somewhere. Uh, they announced they had a data breach, and who was the data breach against? It was against people who had made donations. W- oh. WGBH. Oh, That's okay. What I'm thinking yes. Of. WGBH, Channel Two Television, public television station, and somebody got in and got at a list of donors to WGBH. Oh. Well, who typically donates money to? public television people with money and right like the programming right so i'm not sure exactly what happens that was this past week uh this spring 
Marriott had a major data breach. And why do people go in after the data? Why do they look for stealing the data? What do they do with it? So it's a lot of congregated um, information all in one place. It's a lot of emails, a lot of credit card information, a lot of names, social security numbers sometimes, medical records. It's all in one place, and it's very easy to acquire. And the scary thing is if these companies can't stop these hackers, um, what chance do we have as people? We have to be as vigilant as we can. Mm -hmm. And uh, we mentioned earlier that, well, something that's not exactly a data breach, but I guess it could be, uh, the city of New Bedford about a year ago had his computers hacked into. That's right. And locked down. This is called ransomware. And the people who were demanding ransom from the city of New Bedford originally were looking for $5 million from the city of New Bedford. Yep. New Bedford um, had insurance, and they contacted their insurance company, and they made an offer. So think about even this for a second. An offer was made to the people who had locked down the city's computers for $400,000. Wow. The ransomware people who had locked down the city's computers rejected the offer. They wanted more money. Yeah. And New Bedford has some talented people. They get in and they they figured out how to restore all their computers all by themselves without having to pay any ransom at all. But I know this is a real serious problem, and many, many municipalities have had this happen to them. And it's it's an inconvenience for a while. Um, the city had some articles in the paper saying they were having problems with their computers, but they didn't announce what the problem was. Right. And I know we saw an article on that recently. Oh, here it is right here. Yeah, they demanded a ransom of $5.3 million. The city offered $400,000 through its insurance. They have cyber insurance. And um, they rejected the offer. The attacker rejected the offer. And rather than offer more money, the city recovered its data on its own and was successful in doing that. New York Times reported last year more than 40 cities and towns were victims of cyber attacks. Um, paying a ransom is like paying a ransom when somebody gets kidnapped. Right. Uh, it only perpetuates the crime. That's right. It encourages more people to do it. Um, but anyway, the city uh, did a good job. Um, Mayor Mitchell and his team did a great job in recovering the data and not having to pay the ransom at all. So think about that when you vote for Mayor Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he was looking out for your interest. Since the time of that attack, the city has installed additional security software, and it's now developing new protocols. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have any kind of a business that you're involved in, if you don't have security protocols, privacy standards for your employees um, that they must sign, so if anybody takes your data, they can be prosecuted, uh, you're not doing the things you should be doing. Lance Law, Inc. can help you with that. Give a call to Attorney Mike Coleman or Attorney Tenny Lance, 508-998-8800, 8800, and they'd be happy to help you with that. Gosh, Brody, you know, originally we started talking about this show today. I thought, do we have enough stuff to talk about? <laughs> We're going to have a lot of – we haven't even scratched the surface That's yet. That's right. So data breaches are important. Why? Um, data breaches teach us to uh, keep ourselves safe before it's too late. Um, actually, I wanted to back up and ask you about cyber insurance. Um, do you think it's worth having for companies? I think it's definitely worth having. Yeah. So let's say you're a company in New Bedford, you're listening, or you're an employee of that company, and you've got 25 or 50 employees, and maybe you've got a multi-million dollar revenue stream that comes in every year. And there are a number of companies in the city uh, and listening area that have that. And you get attacked. It's not just municipalities. They're the easier targets. But what if your company gets attacked and all of a sudden they've locked down all your computers and you're out of business? What are you going to do? You're going to write a check for $100,000 so they'll release your your computers? Right. Um, and if you can't operate and your business is heavily dependent upon computers, which most are today, what are you going to do? Well, if you have cyber insurance instead, 
then the cyber insurance company can come in and take care of it. That's right. And um, you can get information from Lance Family Insurance Agency on that. And, you know, we haven't really given any commercials today, Brody, so let's give a commercial for... Sounds good. Uh, Lance Family Insurance Agency. <coughs> Excuse me as I recover my voice. So here's a customer quote for this week. And um, I would like to announce, first of all, that Cheryl Marciano is the lead person in the office. Uh, she has a new person helping her, especially in the areas of commercial lines of insurance. And her name is Deb Landry. Many, many years of experience. Um, give them a call at 774 992 But here's an actual case. Uh, Cheryl had a client come in this week to review her policies. She was able to save her $553 on her car insurance policy, annual annual cost, and she saved $1,316 on her homeowner's policy. Wow. She saved this one client a total of $1,869. So basically, if you think you're paying too much for insurance, or if you simply want to get another quote, another check, what if you could save $500, $1,500 a year? It's worth making a call. It's a no-brainer. Cheryl's excellent. Um, it's a free review. It's uh, simple. You need to get a copy of your current insurance policies to Cheryl. You can fax it to 508-998-8868. Give Cheryl a call. Uh, email her at Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L, at L-A-N-T-Z-F-I-A.com, and she's going to be able to show you whether she can save you money and give you better coverage possibly at the same time. Check it out. She's done work for hundreds and hundreds of people and saved a lot of people money. Um, I'm not going to use the underwear quotation again. <laughs> All right, so Brody, um, we've talked about you know data breach. What do people do with this data? So that's a um, a good good question. What do you have you heard of data brokers before? Yes. Okay. So for those of you who haven't heard about data brokers, um, what they do, their entire purpose is to gather information, um, you know, personal information about us, and sell it to ad agencies all around the world. I mean, mostly in America, but all around the world. They collect information such as religion, ethnicity political affiliation, usernames, income, family medical history, and that's just to start. And they sell it. Right. And when they sell it, now they can send you all kinds of advertisements. I guess we don't have a lot of privacy in that respect anyway anymore today when you think about it because right. every time you charge something on a credit card, they're selling your information. So you don't, you don't even have to have a data breach by a company. Every time you use a credit card, every time you buy something, every time you charge something at a department store. Right. Um, it's really interesting. So when I go to Walgreens or CVS or something, first of all, when you go to checkout, um, they ask you if you have an account. Yep. And I don't carry the little cards, so I put in my cell phone number because my account for building up points. Mm -hmm. so they don't want you to build up points. They don't care about the points. No, they don't. Uh, what they want to do is sell you something more. Um, you want your joke? I'm on, on the air. That was Janet just saying, Janet, come say a quick hello. Come on, you gotta say a quick hello. Hello? So Janet just did us a favor and brought us two glasses of water, ladies and gentlemen. Thank, Thank you, you, Janet. You're <laughs> She's on air for the first time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she didn't realize that we're still recording. <laughs> um, this is a natural show, isn't it, Brody? Oh, yeah, very. So here's what happens when I walk out of Walgreens. I say, yeah, I'll, I'll put my number in. I'll probably get some kind of a discount. Um, so I went to Walgreens this past week, and I bought something. And I got my receipt, and immediately it printed out an extra receipt. It said, you get a $5 discount if you buy something else that's worth $20 of course. or more. So I thought, well, I need razor blades. They're always expensive. <laughs> so I bought some razor blades for a little over 20 bucks, and I got a $5 discount. And then when I went to the register, she said, uh, and checked out, she said, oh, you also have some points that's worth $4. You want that? And I said, sure. <laughs> so I got a $5 discount. 
and I got a uh, $4 points reward as well. So I saved $9 wow. buying my razor blades. That's a big deal. But then you walk out also, and you've got a yard-long receipt, yep. 36 oh, yeah. inches long, <laughs> that has all kinds of other coupons. And what their computer is doing, it's tracking everything you've bought in the past. Yes. And it's going to give you a coupon so you can buy that item again. Yep. It's amazing um, what they know about you. It is. And, you know, another thing that data brokers do, like I'll, I'll give you an example, Ray. Um, there's a company called Take 5 Solutions, and they run about well, approximately 17 websites. Um, things like Good Parenting Today and T5HealthyLiving.com. I wouldn't recommend visiting those websites, folks, but those are just examples of um, their ability to pull people in and grab their information. So what they do is okay. they pose as websites that are doing nothing but good, like you know, Good Parenting Today talks about having forums for people that are just giving parenting tips to one another. And what they're actually doing is absorbing all of your data and information and selling it. That's their entire purpose. So the bottom line is we have no more privacy. Correct. And we probably haven't had privacy for 20 years. Every time you buy something, every vendor knows um, what you're buying. It goes into their database. Then they sell their database so another vendor can send you coupons and sell you something. That's right. So there was something that I came across recently. I, I, I shared it with you. Um, it was an article, something I picked up online. And what it basically said is a gentleman went online. He went into Apple, Google, uh, what are some of the others that he went into? I think he even went on to websites like... Facebook. Uh, Facebook, yep. And I think the other one might have been Twitter. And they have a place on those sites where you can find out every piece of data that these companies have on you and yes. know about you. Yep. And so what I did is I went into... Um, Google. Google, thank you. I went into Google and said, all right, show me what data you have on me. And I had nine, is it a gigabyte or a megabyte? I think um, you had- It's the larger one, right? Yeah, gigabyte. I had nine gigabytes of data. That's a lot. That's a lot. On just Google, that Google has information on me, that would include my purchases, my background, everything that they could possibly want to know. Yes. Then they had too much information on that one thing, so they had a supplemental thing with a little bit less than a gigabyte of information. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try to download one of these things. When you start to download it, it says, warning, this could take hours or even days or weeks to load all this data. <laughs> yep. And I said, holy crap, they got all this information, <laughs> and that's just one website. Yeah. And so if you went into Facebook, the same thing. It's So the, the author of this simple little article would be happy to give you a copy of this if you want one. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. And we'll be happy to send this to you. If you want to go through your own exercise and find out what do they know about you, they know everything you bought ever, yes. where you work, how much money you make. They Location know history. Everything about Everything. Um, the scariest one probably is what do they know about your medical history. That's true. And above all, people want that to be private. Right. If anybody wants a copy of that article, I mean, give us a call. So the author of this said when he realized how much data Facebook had about him, he canceled his Facebook account. Yeah. And that's something for us all to think about. All right. So um, it's not just people who are stealing data that we have to worry about. It's every single purchase that we make in life, every time we buy gas, every time we – anything Absolutely. you buy, anything you do, any restaurant you go to – and every once in a while, you'll be on something that says, we do not sell our data. Yeah. But that's a rare occasion today, isn't it? It's sad that they even have to state that. Yeah. But most companies um, actually do. Yep. Well, um, I'm going to come back again to best practices for um, defense of data. A couple of simple things. Um, think about distancing the data. Uh, think about using a VPN, a virtual private network yep. that uh, Brody has been talking about. And um, think about anything you can do about changing your passwords, check your credit cards every month. You've got to take some action. You've got to take 
you know, some responsibility, or if not, at some point, you're going to be a victim. Yeah, give us a call if you'd like any help or if you'd like me to just steer you in the right direction on a VPN to choose. There are many out there, and certainly some are better than others. George Orwell, um, I did some research on him. I just finished rereading 1984 recently. There's also a movie about it. Um, The book is a little tough to go through parts of it, but the movie is interesting too. George Orwell once said, On the whole, human beings want to be good, but not too good, and not quite all the time. So think about that. It's a little thought-provoking, isn't it? That's very strong. Very strong. Um, He also wrote An Animal Farm, which I made my children read, I think when they were in the seventh or eighth grade, and made them read Animal Farm. It's about socialism. It says, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Wow. Um, He was a bit ahead of his time. Oh, absolutely. And the time is now. (laughs) It's here now. Protecting yourself is now. Uh, We do a lot of work in the area of retirement planning and protecting people's money and protecting, protecting people's assets. There's always something you can do to do better. And do it before it's too late, folks. Do it before it's too late. We see it all the time. Um, Brody, is there anything else that we should talk about today on cybersecurity? Uh, We could talk for hours. It's here. It's now. Um, You have to pay attention. You You have to focus if you want to protect yourself. If you don't take action to do something, then you're going to get taken advantage of. Yep whether it's being ripped off on a credit card or a bank account or something else. Or your identity stolen. Uh, I wonder how many people have received a phone call supposedly from the IRS saying, the IRS has a lien against you, and if you don't pay it now, we've got a summons for your arrest. Yep. Those are scams. Yes. Those are frauds. The IRS never telephones anybody ever. They can't answer their own phones. Why would they make another call out to you <laughs> <laughs> when you think about it? So we just passed an important milestone in this country, and here's a quote from Doug Larson. If all the cars in the United States were placed to end to end, it would probably be Labor Day. Wow. And that's true, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, Did you ever hear of Bill Gates? Of course. So Bill Gates said, security is, I would say, our top priority Because for all the exciting things you will be able to do with computers, organizing your lives, staying in touch with people, being creative, if we don't solve these security problems, then people will hold back. That's Bill Gates. So as we wrap up today, I simply want to say, take some action, protect your family, let us help you in the area of retirement planning. Stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay wise, protect your family, And thank you for listening.